as a kid growing up watching this, this had a huge impact. And if the fire service wasn't going to work out for me, then I was going to go the CHP route and be a highway patrolman With like a Punch and John. John. Yep. Was, yeah. <laughs> that was the backup plan. This is Code 3, the podcast for firefighters. Now, here's your host, Scott Orr. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again. Well, it's the holiday season, so I thought I'd better get you something nice for Christmas. I thought about it a lot, and I got you the gift of nostalgia. I asked some friends from the Central Arizona Fire and Medical Authority to help me give you this gift. Joining me on this week's show are Fire Chief Scott Freitag, Battalion Chief Brad Davis, and Proby Firefighter Kayleen Wyland. Together, the four of us watched an episode of the 1970s TV show Emergency, a personal favorite of mine. Now, Brad was a fan of the show as a kid just like me. He even grew up in Los Angeles. Kayleen was born about 20 years after the show's initial run, and Scott is also familiar with the show. So I thought it would be fun to get their reactions. We watched Season three's episode, The Mouse. You can see a video version of the show on the website, code3podcast.com slash emergency. Here we go. And if we can go ahead and introduce yourselves, we'll start on this end. Scott Freitag, Fire Chief, Central Arizona Fire Medical Authority. I'm Kayleen Weiland, Firefighter EMT for Central Arizona Fire. And I'm Brad Davis, Battalion Chief with Central Arizona Fire. And today we are watching an episode of Emergency Together so that we can see what it's like and also laugh at it. And so let's go ahead and roll that. What's one thing you notice right off the bat, Kayleen? Marco, why don't you move your finger up the just same. a little bit more? There, that's good right PPE? There. Oh, yeah, no gloves on. None. <laughs> Mike, we'll probably use a pressure dressing on that. Yeah, okay. Roy, I think it's famous traction. Right? We'll better put traction on it. Okay, can you get that traction slow ready? Come on, Roy. This guy. Yeah, I'm surprised traction splints haven't changed. Okay, Marco. Still the same. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it works. And Los Angeles might still be like that wearing a, well, they probably call it a Class B, but wearing badges. Growing up as a kid, seeing them in the grocery store, they always had a, a badge shirt on. Huh. So that engine right there, 
That is right around the same exact year range as the Parade Engine. Same brand, oh. same, same type. And now you're about to see the worst opening in the history of television. This is just awful. My sister and I, Scott, growing up, would get in front of the TV and and imitate the different people as they show them in the in the intro here, showing in the intro. I saw when I was in San Diego for Firehouse uh, Magazine conference, they had uh, the rescue from this show there. Yes. Kind of cool to see. I saw that in Vegas at a, at, at a fire rescue conference. Vampire, we've defibrillated victim. He's in sinus rhythm. Minister 2 amp sodium bicarbonate insert an airway. See that? See how we flip the caps on the uh, the syringe and the medicine? <laughs> That's a famous thing, too. I've actually ridden in with patients in the back of the ambulance and looked at my ambulance, whoever's on the ambulance, and flipped the caps on the medicine like that. In the, in, <laughs> but at some point in my career, it reached a point that people didn't know what I was doing. Earlier in my career, people knew right away I was impersonating emergency. But then as I got further in, people were like, what's that supposed to mean when I would flip the caps mm-hmm. off the medicine and, and then smile? Get him out of here! Get him out! I hesitate to say these plots are ripped from the headlines, but that was back in the time when people all thought putting bars on their houses would save them from the horrible murder. Did you notice he called for the asbestos blanket? Yeah, that's... I didn't catch that. I don't think that would be appropriate. That's probably not the best way to go now that we know what we know. too that they're not wearing turnout pants or bunker pants they're wearing like day uniform pants with their upper body protected and no hoods they don't even have the full length rubber boots on I went to in Vegas several years ago. I was there with uh, Chief Polachek, and uh, they had the truck there. They had all the equipment from the cabinets. Randolph Mantooth was there signing autographs. It was pretty neat. I've got some stuff at home signed signed by him in my uh, office. He's been a big supporter of fire and EMS ever since the show. Now the directed rescue here with no SCBAs is interesting. No SCBAs, no helmets, but on the way to the call they had helmets on. Well, (laughs) that, and they actually put them on when they get a call if they're just driving back to the station or for lunch or whatever, they don't wear their helmets. But at that point, I guess, they thought it was safer in case of an accident. Don't get any ideas, Chief. (laughs) No, no. I think they thought it made good TV. 
Caitlin, just remember, if I see you employing any of this <laughs> on the fire ground, we're going to have a conversation. Come on. I'll get the equipment. We got it knocked down, Cap. How's it? Have a bulky uh, oxygen tank uh, set up there, huh? Brad, you rode on open cab trucks, mm-hmm. didn't you? And the the Ward LaFrance, that's our parade engine now, was was the first out reserve engine when I got on. I actually had to act as engineer a few times on that on that engine. Well, I'll give you a little spoiler. When we get later into this episode, they have several full open cab engines that yes. they were using at yep. the time, and there are some that just look ancient. I mean. Really old. Computer. Crown Crown is a is an engine that they that there was a lot of them in L.A. and I think the open cabs were Crowns where it just had a windshield. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We had one at the station closest to my house. But that's within the same year range as the parade truck that that Ward La France there. Yep. Now it's kind of funny in the pilot in the pilot show, Johnny says when they want him to become a paramedic, I don't want to be an ambulance attendant, which is what those guys are. But of course it turned out the paramedics did a lot more than that and these guys were just drivers. In the, in the St. Louis area you couldn't get hired at 90 plus percent of the agencies unless you were a paramedic. Uh, when I got into the service side, my grandfather called St. Louis City because my great-grandfather had worked there and they told him unless he's a medic, he won't get hired. So I went to paramedic school first. We were discussing earlier, Chief, how this was like this actually at the same time of them actually starting that that paramedic program right. in LA County and the like the yeah. first season deals with what they went through to go through training and try to implement the program and the resistance they got to having paramedics on the fire truck. Right. Kayleen, when did you say you were going to paramedic school? Next month. Perfect. Really? <laughs> Excellent. Good. Well if you ever ride in the back of the ambulance with an older guy, you can flip the caps on the on the syringe and the medicine and you'll probably get a, a laugh out of him. <laughs> or he'll say, How do you know that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you take care of yourselves and I'll check in on you later, okay? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. So all the emergency department staff wears white. <laughs> Although... Dr. Morton wears a short sleeve sort of a tunic instead of scrubs or whatever. If a nurse at Yavapai Regional walked into the ER wearing one of those caps, do you think people would laugh at her? Yes. I think the patients <laughs> would say, I want a real nurse. How are you feeling? Like I've been chain smoking rubber bands. Well, I should go away before long. 
I just want to make sure there's no other complications. Anything else bothering you? Just the fact that my house is a pile of charcoal. Well, the way I figure it, the important thing is you're still alive. But you don't even know me. I might be a real jerk. So what do you want me to do? Throw you back in the fire? I wouldn't want to see all that hard work those firemen do go to waste. Yeah, those firemen, they're okay. You're okay too, Doc. I didn't know there were so many nice people around. Heck of a way to find out, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. But you know, it's, it's still good to know. Yeah, you just take it easy. Yeah. Yeah, that truck is still just as pristine. They have kept, it's in their fire museum and it's still looks just as shiny and clean as it did on the show and still runs. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. I think it's going to be okay. How's this house? Really badly gutted, man. A lot of neighbors over there you know, trying to see what they can do to help. That's pretty nice of them. Hey, you're cooking today, aren't you? That's right. Stew. And their first thought when they go back, what's for dinner? <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the show is realistic in some areas. It is. Yeah, aren't you cooking today? Shouldn't you be inside instead of talking to me? <laughs> Can't we eat lunch first? Yeah, I guess he wouldn't mind. Let's do it. Out of sight. Which one of you is leading? That's a very nice one. Hey, look! The refrigerator? I think we've all seen the refrigerator before, Chet. Thanks, anyway, for bringing it to our attention. Well, didn't anybody else see him? He just ran out of the refrigerator. Not at all. I'll take a poll. Did anybody see the... Yeah, don't take a poll. Let's take Chet's word for it, shall we? Good idea, Cap. Well, what are we going to do about it? Put a name, maybe? Oh, come on, man. We can't let a mouse run around our station. Word gets out, our reputation stinks. What do you recommend, Chet? Well, we got to get rid of it, right? Right. You're in charge. We gotta kill him. What do you mean, we? Not we, you! Butcher. Guys, you don't understand. These things are like rabbits, man. Once they start hitting the sack. Squad 51, engine 36. Man unconscious at the laundromat. Westwood and Wilshire. Westwood and Wilshire. Time up, 1318. Squad 51, KMG 365. And the captain nicely writes it down for him, hands it to him in the window so they don't have to. Yeah. No computers in the truck. They can't get out their iPhone and <laughs> route themselves on their cell phones. Yeah, I definitely did that yesterday <laughs> on the way to a fire. You know, I have seen that, that rescue unit also, and when I sat down inside of it, what I thought was, there's nothing in here. <laughs> we were giving him CPR, and he started breathing again. Josh? Super. What you guys doing? I had to tell Caden that the other night. Caden was responding the water tender to the fire in Humboldt, and he was asking me for routing. 
I actually got on the radio and said, um, why don't you pull over, pull it up on your phone, because it, it wasn't that urgent that he got there right now. Yeah. But we didn't have that back then, to, several years ago, to be able to yeah. do that. So we've got smelling salts here. The guy's waking up from that. Do you still carry that thing? I don't think so. I haven't, I haven't been on a rig for a long time, but I know when I first started, we still had that. I remember that at some point very early on, getting introduced to that. Like, But uh, that's been years and years since that's been around. Uh, at the corner bar, I, yeah, I was you know, killing time w- w- waiting for my wash. How old are you? Well, uh, uh, three, I'll be 34 next month. Okay. You on any kind of medication or drugs? No, nothing unusual. Okay, we're going to give a call in the hospital there and check you out, right? Rampart, this is Squad 51. How do you read me? Go ahead, 51. Uh, it's 33. Uh, Rampart, uh, we have a male, 33 years old. He was found unconscious on the sidewalk. Uh, he has been drinking. Uh, the vital signs are BP 120 over 84. The pulse? Pulse is 70. Respiration is 10. The pulse is 70. Respiration is 10. 51, time to go home and sleep it off. Uh, Rampart. Doctors actually say that nowadays. I think that would probably be a liability nowadays. The uh, diagnosis is incorrect, but we'd like to bring him in anyway. Okay, 51, transport non-code R. Import non-code R. I'll go in with him. Go no siren, all right? Taking him to Rampart? Yeah. No IV started, nothing. Just throw him on the stretcher. It's all good. Yeah, and, and don't respond back, Code 3, because he's probably fine. Since these days we have a lot of protocols, you know, standing orders from the hospital as to what paramedics can do, back when they first started you didn't have that the hospitals weren't as trusting of the paramedics but today we have such a good relationship and, and work with them often enough that there's a lot we can do in the field before we have to patch yeah on the show they're asking permission for pretty much everything <laughs> that, well, they, that they do yeah i think they did ask permission for everything and and a lot of times they started precautionary IVs just to keep it open and no drugs. What caused you to pass out? You got something to help? Huh? Oh, I don't feel so good right now. Well, tell me exactly what you feel, all right? Harold? He's in full arrest. Got him. Got him in a full arrest. Hit the reds and notify Rampart. That sucks. The guy that the hospital wanted to sleep it off just coded on him. Yep. 
And so now, now he has a bag valve mask. Those compressions are slightly substandard. You could call him that. Do they even have him hooked up to a monitor? I see no IV. Look, I, I'll be okay. I just had a couple of smarts. your full arrest? Oh, my name is Harold. What's yours? All right, what's the matter? What happened? That's what I want to know. Well, he arrested on me now. Now he's come back again. Did you scope him? Well, I didn't have time. Carolyn, go ahead and release the team. Tell you what, why don't we just take him into the room and let's find out what's really happened here. Harold? Doctor's not very friendly. You've almost died three times in the last half hour, and I sure want to know why. I, I wish I could help you, Doc. Are you on any medication? Nothing unusual. Any medication at all? I take pills for my asthma, but you know, I, I, I take them all the time. What's the name of it? Its name is, uh... I don't know the name, Doc. Hey, I got, I got some in my pocket. <laughs> That's it. I, I had to take some extra today because I've been wheezing. Aminophilene with amobarbital. Downers and alcohol. Respiratory arrest. Hey, Doc, can I go now? I gotta put my wash in the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> that hasn't changed. <laughs> the patients haven't changed much. That is actually LA County Fire Department Station 127. Still there, still yep. in use. Remember the stew? There's their map on the wall to see where they're going before they jump on the truck and leave. <laughs> That's how I used to run. Look at the big map on the wall. And figure out where you're going before you leave. Yep. Oh, yeah. That's right. Just because he saw Herbert first doesn't mean he ought to have the entire responsibility. That's right. So the captain decided we're going to draw matches for it. Short one gets the job. 
You're a good man, Cap. Right. Oh, wait a minute. Cap, I don't think that's entirely fair. I think it is Chet's responsibility. Sir, are you saying you do not trust your captain's judgment? Oh, no, sir. I'm not saying that at all. I'll... Good. Who wants to drop first? <laughs> Hey, wait a minute. Ball didn't roll too far, did it? Hey, this is impossible. Chet, are you questioning the cap's integrity? Yeah, look, what's your complaint? Well, I just think I need help. Oh, from somebody who's dispassionate, huh? Right. How about him? <laughs> okay. Can somebody help me? Just hold this thing down? Don't look at me. Here, I'll do it. Oh, right, yeah, just hold it right there. Mm -hmm. Right here? Yeah. Okay. See, now Roy is nicer than your average firefighter because a lot of mine know where to go. Oops, I let go. Sorry. <laughs> Mousetraps haven't changed. No, they have. Other than they have those easy-to-use plastic ones that I use at home now, but... Looks like you got Chet's blood on your hands, too. Well, I don't mind. You know, I think I'll transfer to another station. One with a little class. Don't do that. You're such an asset here. Yeah, I know, and you got such clever hands. Yeah. Okay, here we go. I think he said asset because it was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice. Did they put cheese on the trap, or did they use peanut butter? Cheese. Oh, peanut yeah. butter's way better. Yep. Peanut butter keeps them there longer, gets their head further in, snap them right at the neck. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Okay, dear. Please hurry. Hurry, uh, 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 Joe, I can't, uh, I can't breathe. All right, now. I'll help you. Come on. Uh, oh. Take it easy. Oh. 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 I this is not uncommon, having, you know, older folks that will just drive themselves to the hospital who are in severe distress. Mm -hmm. I remember uh, one call in particular. We took a lady to the hospital. or No, we were at the hospital. Our lady's husband brought her in, and then he coded while he was signing her in. Oh we occasionally, the guys occasionally go on calls that uh, the person's gone when they get there and they just jumped in the car and went. So they yeah. have all kinds of stuff still that just shows up at the doorstep yeah. of the ER. Apparently there was one in Prescott last night where a mother was just panic-stricken because I guess her child may have stopped breathing. I didn't hear what it was. Hmm. Police and fire chased her to the hospital, but she was... Driving as fast as she could, and she got there first. <laughs> Dixie, the charge nurse, was actually married to to one of them in yep. real life, right? Yeah, Bobby Bob, Troop. Was it Bobby Troop? Yep. Yeah. That's the doctor there with the gray hair. 
dramatic music going into the commercial. <laughs> and from these scenes, we learned that everything can be fixed with a strong cup of coffee and a little talk. Mm-hmm. I mean, this show must have kept the coffee companies in business. They drank so much. Coffee is still a staple in the fire service today, but now it's all different kinds of flavors <laughs> and places. Well, ours is pretty good. Sure you want to try one? No, thank you. When will we know about Martha? Could you go check on her? The doctors will let us know as soon as there's any news. I think she's going to die. Always thought I'd be the first to go, but... She's been so sickly lately. I always thought I'd be the first to go. I, I don't like this way very well. How long have you been together? 48 years. Kids? The only problem I have with this thing is these days emergency room nurses have no time for this. <laughs> no way. Isn't she? Please, please tell me the truth. We don't know yet. I couldn't live without that woman. I just couldn't. Mr. Wilson, what if it were the other way around? What do you think Martha would do if something happened to you? Just, just fold up and quit? Not her. At least she'd better not. She's got those kids and grandchildren to look after, right? Right. What's your name? Dixie. That's true. Sometimes it was with the patients, sometimes it was with the firefighters, sometimes the doctors, but she always knew the right thing to say, and she always had time to say it, too. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, Mr. Wilson... I think she'd be awfully disappointed in you. Throwing 48 years out the window like that. And a little tough love. Keep all those wonderful memories safe. Look how nice her hair is done, her makeup, her eyelashes. eyelashes. <laughs> there are some wonderful memories, all right. And I'm sure there's still a couple of things you'd like to pass on to your grandchildren. Yeah. Maybe one or two. You know, watching this episode, Scott shows me that we had a way different attention span back in the 70s than we do today. Well, a friend of mine who is a big fan pointed out there is a lot of driving in this show. I mean, they come out of the house, they go down one street, down another street, down another street, and then they arrive. They can take three, four, five minutes sometimes. Yeah. If you watch TV today, everything has to happen in rapid succession or you're going to lose your audience much like this podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how's she doing DKG shows sinus tech and R prime and V1 looks like a pulmonary embolism instead of a heart attack uh, let's start her on IV heparin therapy I'll draw blood for arterial blood gases. Dix, you get a sample for CBC, electrolytes, and fibrin split products. All right, Gail. Is she going to make it, Joe? 
the next few hours are going to be critical. She's hanging in there. What would happen if he looked at her and said no? Yeah. She's still awake and alert. No. Yeah. Don't think she's going to live, but hey. I could be wrong. Yeah. We'll see. She didn't hear that, did she? Smart 51. Man injured at the bar. 309 Angeles Way. Squad 51, man injured at the bar. So calls are still similar. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> Scott, I was telling um, Kayleen earlier, and I, we talked about this, the podcast we did a few months ago. Yeah. That the two things that drove me to, to, to do this job was, one was my uncle's best friend being a captain at L.A. County growing up as a kid and visiting him at the station and doing that. And the other was this show. Honestly, as, as goofy as that sounds, um, as a kid growing up watching this, this had a huge impact. And if the fire service wasn't going to work out for me, then I was going to go the CHP route and be a highway patrolman With like Ponch and John. John. Yep. Those, yeah. <laughs> that was the backup plan. But I'm glad the fire service plan worked out. <laughs> I actually told the... I know, again, that sounds goofy, but I actually told Randolph Mantooth that when I chatted with him and got his autograph and stuff. I said, you know, honestly, your show and you guys had a huge impact on me, you know, doing what I do. You guys got here sooner than I expected. Why don't you come back in about five or ten minutes? They forgot to tell him it was an assault in progress. (laughs) I guess the scene was not code for before they... I've been to those before. think we should be fighting oh yeah beat it well we just feel that it's kind of unnecessary to be uh be punching yourselves around like that who asked you to come here anyway uh he did (laughs) we don't like interruptions he's right we don't well we just don't want you guys to cut yourself up any more than you already we won't roy john hey vince how you doing hi vince hello pete what seems to be the trouble? Oh, well, uh, we just saw these uh, gentlemen here, and uh, we thought maybe they might need medical attention. What kind of helmet is that cop wearing? Um, <laughs> a riot helmet? I'm not really sure. guys do you want to treat first well i think i'll take pete i seem to know him better Right there. Uh, okay. 
like that have changed today in that we don't go in unless the police have secured the scene but you still get calls where the caller isn't giving you all of the information and you walk into something that you had no idea was occurring yep everything's based on what that person tells them on the phone and Information's lacking sometimes with what they're telling them and what we get there and find is much different uh, yes, than what they told the dispatcher. Yeah. The the open bunk rooms. If one member of your crew snored, you're all staying awake all night. <laughs> I'd bring a fan to work. Yeah, I know that's what the guys out at 61 do with the shared bunk room. They all have fans. So when I go to other stations where I have my own bedroom, it's... It is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. At one point at Station 53, we used to run uh, two engines out of 53 when it was still a common bunk room that was just separated by lockers. And apparently uh, Chief Tharp and I had a conversation in our sleep in the middle of the night that the guys told us about in the morning. Oh, that's always we were weird. talking in our sleep type of people. Yeah. yeah. See, for us, when we'd be on the ambulance, uh, there's times where I'd be out most of the day we wouldn't get back to quarters till four o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning oh my gosh. and they would have short sheeted our beds moved the mattresses to other rooms <laughs> and hit them on us <laughs> some of those times though you're so tired you just walk in and collapse on the bed and don't worry about it <laughs> Station 51, KMJ 365. Oh, and bunkers were kept by the bed, too, mm. which was actually several, quite a few years into my career, you kept your bunkers by your bed. And now with now the know. contaminants that are coming in and out of the station with, uh, with bunker pants, those no longer are kept by people's beds. But that was... That that was for a lot of my career that we did that. And now for cancer reasons, we don't. But notice they kept them by their beds. Maybe that's why they didn't have them on when they went into that structure fire. They just didn't have their bunker yeah. pants with them. Yes. <laughs> they just wear them in the morning when they get up. Now, you guys wear your blue t-shirts when you sleep, right? Because these guys just wore white shirts, and some of them, I mean, can just throw their coat on over it, and that's how they're going out. And that's it. I just don't think that you can do anything right. It's going to go on your record there, Kelly. <laughs> there he goes. 
<laughs> we wouldn't be so friendly. <laughs> yeah, no, just watching a it. mouse running around <laughs> in the fire station. No, they don't. Generally, mice don't leave the premises. Oh, you don't want me here? Okay, I'll leave now. <laughs> little bum ever comes back here, he's had it. Turn the sirens on just a hair early. A little bit, but you need that something to liven it up. If you watch enough of this and then you see video of a rig leaving the station, it looks weird because there's no sound until they get out on the street, you know? Yeah. Well, especially now when we're in more residential areas, we try to be a little considerate of our neighbors. She's doing better. Oh, she's a great old gal. That's about yourself. <laughs> Is she hitting on him? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> He's right on the tail of that uh, rescue truck. Pretty serious, I guess, huh? <laughs> as far as I know, they still use wooden ladders in Los Angeles. It's a traditional thing, and they, they're still using wood ladders. Right. I heard those things are heavy. Mm-hmm. At least they already had their bunker pants on for this one. <laughs> yeah. look different on the supply line. A little smaller. Yep. Dual, probably three-inch supply. The building doesn't look too bad for getting hit by a jet. <laughs> and all the people are standing calmly across the street instead of screaming, yelling, jumping up and down and pointing. <laughs> and, and taking video with their phones. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the size of those portable radios they use. day they didn't have portable radios for everybody either in, in fact when i when i got on here the firefighters some of them didn't have we didn't have a radio for every guy on the truck oh. do you notice they're using water 
on the jet engine to try to put the fire out. How about that fire truck? Hey, look at that. <laughs> hey, look, it's our Seagraves. That looks, was a frontline like engine ours. back then. Very similar to our Seagraves. I didn't ride on one of those when I got started, but like Brad, I was on the open cab. Difference was I was in Missouri where it would get down to zero <laughs> in snowstorms or torrential rains. Yeah, those trucks remember, seem cool until the cold and rain. <laughs> yeah. I remember hugging that engine cowling pretty tight to, to oh, stay yeah. warm on the way back to the station during the winter. Well, in monsoon season out here, that open cab, there's not, you're not going to stay dry. No, no. no way. He's in sideways. <clears throat> CBA again. Well, back in the 70s, they didn't think they needed them too much. <laughs> That's a cool one. Looks like a squirt. Like one of those little toy fire trucks. <laughs> Oh, ride the ladder before it's extended. <laughs> Notice there was no pipe on the ladder. Yeah. The hose, was, the hose yeah. was laid up on top of the ladder. he spraying the ladder at, Brad? <laughs> Kayleen, did you see anything no, he was aiming at? No. Look at that. No smoke right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just flames. When they're crawling past the fire. That way they're sure to get trapped on both sides. Yeah, hose line's not charged. Is that an external fuel tank? Well, it looks like. Fortunately, it only crashed through the door, so there's no structural damage. Yeah, it went perfectly through the, the doorway. That also kept it from developing an immediate leak so it can leak when we need it to leak. He's like, get out of my way. He's like pushing that guy out of the way. Oh, 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 oh,
the guys aren't coughing yet, and they're taking in a lot of smoke. Yeah. Holy. Oh, <laughs> wow. That was kind of cool looking, but I think the one guy was injured. Yep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Stop, drop, and roll, buddy. Fortunately, the big explosion didn't cause any damage to the apartment, and the guy that was on fire, he's perfectly fine. They want to put him out. Yeah, he's yeah. In. His gear's not damaged. His hair's not singed. Pretty fortunate there wasn't more damage from a jet. <laughs> it was a small jet. Okay. <laughs> wasn't carrying a lot of fuel. There's almost water in there, huh? Yeah. And you left me. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd have probably thrown both of you over my shoulder and just blew the flames out in front of me. <laughs> Hi. Hey, hey you know, I just came over to see if you were okay. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm all right. Listen, I want to thank you. You probably saved my life. Yeah, you know, I didn't realize you were at the county till I uh, till I got you out. Oh, well, sorry about that. Uh, I'll try harder next time. <laughs> sure thing. Hey, thanks. All right. Didn't know you were with the county, so a little. Uh... Yeah, guys, they're, they're okay. I mean, they're all right. <laughs> they dress kind of funny, though, but they're okay. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Well, that's still pretty common well, today, isn't it? Through. You never throw. They dress funny, but the camaraderie and the uh, competition between agencies. Well, the camaraderie's awesome. We had uh, Prescott Engine 75 was on our call on Cedar Springs the other day with us, and the guys were... They were fantastic. There was a lot of a lot of labor involved with that call, pulling ceiling and insulation, and they stayed all the way to the end, and everybody worked great together. So, now that we've gone through, what do you think, Kayleen? The biggest thing I can't get past is no air bottles when they're going into that. That is just insane to me. No, there's no way they could do that. <laughs> Brad? I would agree. 
that and no PPE on the medical calls. Yeah, yeah and the mouth to mouth, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Scott? A lot of changes over the years. Um, you know, I remember seeing some of that equipment at my first fire department. They still had up in the loft. They just hadn't gotten rid of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's limited PPE use, no intubations, no IVs, no uh, latex gloves for protection. Um, and you had to ask the hospital for everything. It's it's a completely different environment today than it was back then. And it's even, I mean, I've been off an engine, an ambulance now for 12 years, maybe. And it just in 12 years, times have changed from uh, things that I had to call the hospital for to today or equipment that we were required to carry or wear is different today than it was then so it's interesting they didn't start any ivs on this episode but on the other ones when they do it was always d5w tko Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) not anymore normal sailing (laughs) as far as i have read and researched this was fairly accurate for the time mostly because it was produced by jack webb who was the producer of Dragon and Adam-12, was really a stickler for details. Adam-12 was an old show based on uh, LAPD uh, police oh, officers, okay, Kayleen, know. just no, to bring I, you up to... I, I forget, <laughs> I apologize. That was for Kayleen's benefit. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there are definitely some things that had Hollywood liberties taken, but overall it was mostly accurate, give or take. And even today, when you watch some of the shows or the the movie Backdraft, which is older now, mm-hmm. um, you, you know there were a lot of times they didn't have SCBAs on in those those programs because they wanted you to see the face of, of the actors. Um, but I think in the TV show Emergency back then, they were still struggling with the use in, in the fire service of SCBAs and some of that personal protective equipment. Um, they just didn't see the need for it yet. Well, when we look at it today, uh, we're more aware of cancer. Uh, The environments we're going into are completely different than back in the 70s with more man-made products. Most of the uh, furniture in our home is is made of chemicals. It's not made of natural materials anymore, so fires today are hotter, faster, um, and they're more toxic than they used to be. So, you know, there's a lot of changes, even to the point where we're starting to pull it, not us, but other agencies have pulled the SCBAs out of the cabs of the engines and put them in the side compartments for safety reasons, uh, going to and from the calls. You, you can't bring the gear in the fire stations anymore, and we want you to be careful with your gear in the engines. So there's the times have changed from uh, the the days of emergency to where we are today and the, and the things that we're dealing with. I think this the show was huge in bringing uh, EMS into the fire service too, and and how that all evolved and and uh, you know the importance of response times and and getting the appropriate amount of people to deal with a medical emergency and this kind of started all that back in the back in the seventies with having paramedics on the fire department, which has proven to be very critical to how we provide service now. It's true. It was like an infomercial on NBC every Saturday night, so people everywhere began to want this for their communities, too. 
It was the first agency I worked for was the St. Charles City Fire Department just outside of St. Louis. And they were the first paramedics in the state of Missouri through the first class in 1974. So right around the time of emergency. And we ran medics when I started with that agency in 95. But it wasn't until a few years later that we actually put paramedics on every fire engine. We put the ALS equipment on all the fire engines. So it was still a, a, a process. It was still evolving uh, when I got in uh, to paramedicine in the fire department. And today, um, it, it continues to evolve, the things that we do. What, what Kayleen will learn starting next month is going to be completely different than what I learned. Yeah, watching the show definitely makes me grateful for technology improvements. Like watching them handle that gurney that looks awful <laughs> compared to some of the technology that I've seen today. And just so much of that stuff, the oxygen, the huge phone and radios they have to use. Definitely makes me grateful <laughs> what we have now. All right, guys. Thanks for joining me today on Code 3. It was a lot of fun, and I hope uh, you guys enjoyed it. Thanks, Scott. Thanks, Scott. Yep, thank you. Well, there you go. A couple of veterans and a probie watching how it used to be done, at least in Hollywood, and having a great time. That's our gift to you this Christmas. Maybe next year I'll get you a fruit basket. Next Christmas, get me a chainsaw. Or a chainsaw. I'm Scott Orr, and I'll be back for the next edition of Code 3. See you then. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To get in contact with us, visit Code3Podcast.com. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you should. Don't miss an episode. Find us at the Apple iTunes Store, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.